nosotros queremos construir el socialismo. Nos hemos declarado partidarios de los que luchan por la paz. Nos hemos declarado dentro del grupo de países no alineados, a pesar de ser marxistas-leninistas, porque los no alineados como nosotros luchan contra el imperialismo. Queremos paz. Where have you got? This here is a left-handed giant, Hazy Pale. Sums you up, mate. Uh, I've does. got a, a can of tenants. Oh, aye, that sums you up perfectly, mate. In my fridge for about Simple, to the point, unassuming, <laughs> dependable. Working class. That's the one. I'm having that. Uh, good evening and welcome to the first ever Rebel Radio Celtic podcast. Do you like my accent now? I did, is that your radio voice? Because you went to Glasgow Uni, then just for you. Aye, thanks mate. Uh, aye, so my name's James, I am from Springburn, and I feel like I'm on a uh, blind date. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you want to tell me a wee bit about you? I'm actually, I'm no for Springburn for the guy, Gad, but it's six and a half now, I live around here. Um, tell us about yourself, Robert. My name's Robert, I am from Claybank originally, but I live in Oxford now for work reasons, not pleasure. And aye, I used to sit four o two, my old man. And uh, is there a reason why you sound in. reason why you sound offy tinny? Offy tinny? I don't know. Mate. Get my earpods in. Get earpods in. Uh, Robert sounds offy tinny because we never really spoke about the logistics of a recording a podcast until about an hour ago, um, and then discovered that we we didn't really know how we were going to go about doing this. So you need to bear with us. I think this is going to take a bit of a bit of time um, for us to get sorted but I think we've we've been speaking for some time now aren't we a bit a bit recording uh, a bit Aye. just just kind of having a bit of a sort of a blather uh, when Rab moved away last year I think we just thought it'd be a good idea to good way to stay in touch uh, I sit just in front of Rab 402 um, so I just a good way to stay in contact a good way to talk about Celtic put our thoughts out there into the into the internet and obviously it's Dirt for future employers to to dig up as well. Should they want to find not, not a chance anything anything there about us? You know what I mean. I don't want to work in a place that doesn't accept me for who I am. Well, there you go. So we've got a wee bit of a format around uh, what we're going to do today. I think um, we've had a couple of conversations about it over the past few days of what we wanted a podcast out like. Just for the record, I don't I don't really listen to any other podcast about Celtic. Do you? No, not really. I'll listen to the occasional. Uh, 90 Minute Cynic if a couple of the boys tell me that it's good or um, what was the other one Rebel Underground or whatever or Celtic Underground Celtic Underground I've listened to that in the past a couple of those that was it Uh, that's that's just to clarify I don't think you're only listening to them because they aren't any good or anything like that that's that's not I guess the point I was trying to make I I think it was just more um, I don't really listen to anything except murder mystery podcasts Um, and this actually might end up being murder so um, you know what I mean? Don't be a mystery what we're talking about. <laughs> it's to me. Uh, well, it's not to me because you've, you've gave me a nice wee segue there. <laughs> uh, we've got a yes. wee format, we've got a wee uh, idea of what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I think what we're going to do is, is kind of just to get a bit of background about ourselves, uh, further background about ourselves is, is, I guess, our basic questions about Celtic, isn't it? So, Rab, what's your, what's your first Celtic memory? I. My first proper Celtic memory is the first game that I went to. 
which was Motherwell at home, October 1996. We toiled Tommy Burnsy there, man. It was the classic outplayed Motherwell but never got a goal. We were 0-0 up to deep into the second half and then uh, Marshall, Gordon Marshall, got sent off for absolutely clotheslining some lad out at the edge of the box. It didn't look as though it was going to happen for us, so my dad decided that enough was enough and we're going back to the bus. We're no, miss, we're no missing the bus home. And literally as we walked through the turnstile we got out, the place erupted. Van Hoydonk did what Van Hoydonk did. Heeder in the 90-whatever minute. So I just stopped and looked at my dad and my dad just was like, ah, right, you get to choose whenever we leave from now on. And that was, that's happened right up to this day. That's, I get to choose when we go. Aye. Which is never after the final whistle. I was going to say, if ever there's a lesson for uh, no leaving early, that will be it. Although uh, I was guilty of doing it this season, but I'll, I'll get into that uh, another time. <sighs> uh, my first ever game, and, and it's actually my first memory as well. Uh, obviously, I'll take some of it yourself, although it was a couple of years before you. Um, I was in April 1994. My dad took me to see his play against uh, Dundee uh, at home, 6 of April 1994. Um, I'm, I'm led to believe. There were 16,000 people there. Um, it was a big game, game and I was sitting in the pole. I think it was this game. I've never actually clarified them, but I'm certain it was this game. I'd have been about four, five. Uh, I was sitting on the on the old uh, poles in the jungle and uh, when Celtic scored, I obviously decked it because I, I got a fright. Um, so, aye, uh, it's finished one each. Again, sums up that sort of era. I think both of us were fortunate. Fortunate enough just to kind of miss the, the bulk of that, but um, I'm sure my dad will be listening to this just now going, no, that wasn't your first game, there was another one, it was my first game, but none, nonetheless, that's my first uh, first memory. Uh, what's your favourite game? What's your favourite Celtic game ever? Favourite game? Probably, in terms of the whole day out and just what it meant, they've beaten five, Rangers 5-1 in the Rainback Garden a couple of years ago, that was, that was Sunday out from beginning to the end. Um, what a game as well yeah, and it was obviously before they cut the numbers back so there was a good crowd days there um, we got the atmosphere was just frightening man it was so good but it's hard to pick just one because I mean the 5-0 win at home win the league it was frightening as well man Zenit at home last man at winner um, and going a wee bit further back as well that, um, the Valencia game it went to penalties 2001 mm-hmm. oh my god what a display of football Big Bobo and Johnny Rowdy's both of them. Unbelievable. Aye. So, aye, but I think if you really had to put me on the on the, on the spot, 5 1 at Ibrox, that's my favourite. 5 1 at Ibrox was a, was a doozer. Um, I reckon for me, it, it was probably the, the Sutton chip for the green and white wash. Oh, aye. I think. Aye. I was, I mean, I was only about 14, 13, 14 at the time. <laughs> Uh, and I had my dad's ticket for that game for some reason. Um, either that or I had, I don't remember if my dad was there, but I had either his ticket or, or, or one of the guys that sits up, uh, next to him. Um, and your seat was perfect for that because it was, you know, you know where we sit, Rab, it was in between right. where Sutton hit the shot and, and the line. And all I remember about it is Sutton, it was, it was desperate because they were so, you know, Rangers were so poor that season that, uh, you know, to get to the, the last kick of the ball and then, you know, it, when he hit it at first, I remember thinking, oh no, you know, pass oh, or turn back and pass. Right. And he hit it and then just seeing Klaus's shoulder strap, I thought, this is just, this, this might be right. in. Um, so it was one of the things, it was, you know, the, the game was pretty poor overall, but I think just, you know, even even to this day, I don't think we've done a green and whitewash, you know, since then. 
Um, close. You know, we've came with not half close, you know, we've, we've took 10 half and made a couple of fixtures over the we're course of the season. Clint, but, uh, Clint Hill going away for it. Clint Hill going, even then it was a dodgy penalty decision in the last minute for mm-hmm. that, but I think that nothing each just because it sort of typified that era for me, you know, they were just, they were just, they were so dominant and obviously, you know, that sort of sparked the cycle of, you know, again, the further dominance in Scottish football that, that's led us to this point. Uh, third and final question, your, your favourite ever Celtic player? Uh, it was obviously Larson, but nothing more or less, obviously. Larson, and then Larson, as well, and I was growing up being a right back for my school and my team, and that that era as well. Jackie McNamara was he was my man, was class. I did like a guy as well, but I just I thought Jackie had a bit more time all round. My dad always said, "Watch, have a look at him." As in, don't bother with a guy because he's just legs. Mm-hmm. And not, uh, McNamara had a bit of brain about him as well, bit of touch. So I uh, when I was kind of three when I was growing up, it were my favourites. Yourself. Uh, when I was younger, it was Bobo. I think Bobo right. was was some player. Uh, I loved watching him. I just you know, big man was just so dominant, and it was like a comic book sketch at times. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, it's the king first and foremost. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, we should be out clapping the NHS just now. I've, I've just realised it's eight o'clock. I was I could hear the clap there. Uh, you're right, we should do the NHS clapping. There um, we are. There um, we are. You do work for the you NHS. You're that, you're that. I smoke my set up pat in the back. <laughs> uh, so I guess we, 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 can get, we can get away with it this week. Um, <laughs> um, I probably big Bobo was my favourite player growing up. In recent years, um, I've, I've, I love Scott Brown for a minute. He signed for he's, he's been an outstanding player for us, and even he had that dip under dial. I've always thought he was terrific. So I would say big Bobo for me, obviously, the King Larson's number one for both his overall, but. But it is what it is. So, um, I I guess we'll, we'll we'll move on a wee bit more to, to talking about what's going on at the minute. Um, I guess this is just maybe us taking a punt at what's actually going on at the minute. Um, if I was to ask you the current state of the game in Scotland... And how many words you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of thousand <laughs> words, aye. Uh, no, crack on. How, how, would you, how would you sum up <laughs> the current state of play in Scotland? It's a shambles. It's absolutely oil camp. So it's the day we get the clearance, if you like, from UEFA to just basically go off what the gov- Scottish government are dictating. So they've said that we can, we, they want us to finish the league where possible. But if your government says don't, you can't do it, then they're leaving it in the SPFL's hands to put forward uh, teams for. European, uh, European places for next year mm. so how they're going to go about that when they can't even get a simple vote right between them to figure out what they want to do next is just beyond to me it's just it's a riot it's, it is but I'm kind of, it's one of these situations where I'm, I'm struggling to assign blame really like you're right it is a riot oh, you know, it could have been administered better and, you know the Stevie G said last week, you know, you need leadership and that sort of stuff, you know, but, but I, you, you know, you, you're you kind of wondering, like, you can't really blame them in the circumstance, you know, it is a bit of a riot, but who could have foreseen a global pandemic putting pause to the season six months in, do you know what I mean? Um, oh, 100%. Honestly, uh, you know, if, if decisions are made and, and Celtic are declared <coughs> champions, it's no, it's no the way you want to win it, you know, but it's probably the right thing to do. Um I would rather just wait. I would rather just wait. I know it's, we're here to talk about Celtic and everything, but the pro- problem doesn't really lie at our end of the table. 
well, fortunately or unfortunately, whatever way you want to look at it, it's the bottom end with relegation. It's so tight down the bottom. And how are you going to settle that? Or are you going to settle that? Because that's, that's a lot of people will lose their jobs. You need to restructure. I think that's exactly. how this works. I think you, you pay right. people out the prize money. Um, and, and you just you just need to restructure at least for next season. We need to go to 14, 14 teams. And I, I think it's one of the things where, for me, my only concern in that regard is if, if they go to a 14-team league and Celtic are still playing everybody you know, three to four times a season, you can't put any more minutes on these this current Celtic squad. You know, like, they're playing more football than, you know, as you've seen in the past few seasons with these stats and figures that came out. They're playing more football than pretty much any other team in the world. I think, you know, when you look at our calendar, it goes for um, late June right through to the first kind of week in June, you know, in some circumstances, when you, when you see the international fixtures as well. Um, so I don't think you can ask the players to, to, to play any more than they have been already. If they go to a 14-team league, they need to have a, you know, a split that's maybe six and eight, you know, for, for the bottom half of the league so that we're no, you know, piling on any more. Uh, any more fixtures, but again, how you would administer that and how you would sort of figure that out, I'm not entirely sure. That places a more of an, an onus on having a well-rounded squad, though. Like we, we should be playing more players for the academy instead of punting them away down to League One, League Two, or wherever. They should be staying at home. We should be able to rotate that. Got Scott Brown and Cal McGregor played too many minutes. They played far too many minutes, and. We're, better, we're a better team for that don't get me wrong we are the best players we've got in their positions but the youngsters should be getting a chance they should be getting a sniff oh, if we're going to pay two and a half million for a guy that's sorrow or whatever and we need to wait six months for him to hit the ground running I don't disagree with you but I think that's a, that's a wider point about recruitment and, and squad size and that sort of stuff I, I think the point is that you know a 20 man squad should be sufficient for a full football season and when you get to the stage where you're asking a team to play 50, 60 fixtures a season, it's too much. You know, it's, it's too much. And, and, and it, again, one of the things I'm actually quite looking forward to after the back of this, uh, after the back of this sort of weird situation is that for the first time in five or ten years, you know, you're, and probably longer than that actually, you're going to see guys like James Forrest, Callum McGregor, you know, Scott Brown rested. You're going to see them for the first time two or three months of just no playing football, probably even longer than that. You know, is that going to adversely affect some guys? You know, and to be honest with you, if anybody's going to lose a tip, we're really in a position where we can only lose a tip because, you know, we've had so much momentum over the past few seasons that, you know, to sustain that and keep it going after this break, it's going to be another challenge. You know, that word relentless is always thrown about the Celtic dressing room, every post-match interview. Um, I just, you know, I can only hope that sustains after this, but I think there's a, there's a bit of this which is, you know, McGregor, Forrest, Brown... You know, these guys are going to come back. Ayer even is another example of the past few seasons. Well-rested, fully fit uh, and ready to sort of take on the world. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. Um, but again, I just don't think we can pay on any more fixtures next season. If they are going to do a, an extended league, it has to be done in a way that's that's going to consider that because, you know, obviously European qualifiers might be expedited to, to one leg, um, you know, based on seedings or whatnot, but, or they may just invite teams into the Champions League, I don't know. Um but I think we need to consider that because you know we can't just pay all in games for, for for twelve or thirteen months consecutively for these players. Aye, it's over the longest break Callum McGregor's had, and I don't even know. Well, he kicked about you know county and that sort of stuff, didn't he, for a couple of years before he came back up to Celtic under Dial and broke into the first team. So when you think about that, six or seven years ago, you know you're talking about, and even then, 
I'd imagine that he'd have been playing sort of consistent football with his reserves and development scores and that before then, you know, which obviously would be a different pace. But he, he in the Premiership alone this season, had broke, had last season, right? 2,996 minutes. Now, I'm not even reading that for a script. You can you can see my horns. <sighs> right, aye. 2,996 minutes in the Premiership last season, right? Already this season, we what, nine games remaining, he was at 2,600. He would have broke 3,400. Scott Brown broke 3,000 minutes in 2017, right? Do you know aye. the last player before Scott Brown to break 3,000 minutes at Celtic? Big Virgil. <sighs> Big Virgil done it under Ronnie Dyler. Four or five players a season. Thought it was further back than that. Aye, you well, go. four or five players, and I think this is kind of part of the issue with Dyler's side. Was four or five times, uh, four or five players every season would break three thousand minutes. Now that's only in the Premiership. You know, we've been asking a lot of these players over the, over the last few years, and it's, it's taking its toll on them. I think you know. So having an opportunity to give them a break is is one thing, but I think the club need to be protective of the fact that if they're going to come back, you can't be asking them to play another. For eight fixtures a season, you know what I mean. It's it's enough as it is. Well, the likelihood of Sky agreeing to a TV deal where they don't get what four Celtic Rangers games a year mm-hmm. is virtually zero. I know. Aye. So I they'll need to, they'll need to figure that out one way or another. Bring back the Glasgow Cup or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad shoot. St Mungo's. Um, aye, okay, right. So this is going to be a tough one. I think kind of situations evolve when we're probably talking a lot of nonsense about you know additional fixtures ah, next season. Yeah. Um, that's pair, but I think we should we should uh, move on um, because it is time for the first annual Rebel Radio Player of the Year awards. Who's like that for a start? Aye, good. We will hopefully get a jingle in there. Some point, aye. <laughs> speak to the jingle man. <laughs> uh, Aye, so I sent I sent Rob a list of uh, five nominees on Sunday and asked him to have a a good think about um, who he would who would have as his player of the season um, or his player of the year. Uh, Try to tell us who you picked. So the, the nominees were Edward, McGregor, <coughs> Brown, Forrest, and Christie. So who's got it for you? So I told you do this this afternoon. I think there is only one man that stands above the rest of them, to be fair. Big Eddie has really, really come on leaps and bounds this season. He's dragged us through some games and he's come up with some seriously big goals and he's been the coolest man in the stadium on God knows how many occasions. So for me, it's Eddie that wins it. But it's, I mean, Big Fraser Forster, who wasn't included in that list, deserves a shout and all. 17 clean sheets this season, he said. Mm. And he was, I mean, his heroics at Lazio um, and against Rangers in the cup final as well. That's just, that can't go without mentioning. It was unbelievable. And he is sort of Mr. Dependable mm-hmm. in that respect. But as well, <sighs> McGregor has had a great season, but I think it's going under the radar a wee bit because we're kind of used to him playing that well for so long and no really putting a foot wrong. But I, for me, it was Eddie. Eddie was the main man, but Foster was a, a notable mention. And I think if, if you had sent me Foster, I might have well went for him, first of all, to be honest, with a season. Aye, 
agree. Um, he's been outstanding since he came back up here. I love him. I think he's a he's a cracking Celtic goalkeeper. Um, I, I hope we we break the bank to sign him. But um, I kind of cap myself at five players this season, and uh, excuse me for for this uh, for this. But I noticed that the official Celtic Player of the Year award has I think it was about eight players nominated. Oh, really? Nine players nominated. Forster's nominated. Certainly Julian's in there. I think Ayers in there, but I could be wrong. Um, it's ridiculous, like how consistent Celtic have been this season, and it's for the first half of the season. I guess it was hard to, to keep track of because Rangers were similarly consistent. Celtic have dropped points in three games this season. I'll oh, we'll get to that. And it's it's ridiculous, you know, like, how consistent they've been. And I think, I think you're right. I think Big Eddie, Big Eddie takes it for me. But when you talk Tw- about twenty-seven goals and nineteen assists, uh, unbelievable. Embodying that sort of that relentless stuff we spoke about, I think you're. Brown and McGregor in midfield. Although Brown, I thought took a wee while to get going at the start of the season, um, you know, as as can happen. Um, I just think the two of them in that midfield role, they just, you know, they just dominate teams. And uh, you know, there's one or two times this season where they've lost that that battle in midfield domestically, and it's, you know, and even then we've, you know, you could probably point to what the game at home to, game at home at the Huns and, and oh, Livingston we'll away. We'll get to them. We'll get to the games. We'll get to those games. But I reckon, uh, I reckon for me, you're right, Edward a man. Um, I thought his performance away at Motherwell in February, I think it was, or, or oh, maybe late January. Jesus Christ! That might have been the single. It was like watching a guy playing a computer game. Like he just, Aye. you know, he, he was just knocking guys away, and you know, sort of like, and, and a free kick. And you knew when he got that free kick outside the box, he yes. was, you know, was I, I was in, the, I was at that game, and the guy in front of me turned around and sort of said, "You'll, you'll pot this," like you know, no hassle. And of course, he just stood up and you know, and rattled it in that that, that corner right over the wall. And okay, he was, he was. Toying with them, and, and I think that game's kind of it's been a lost a wee bit in the shuffle because you know at the time of the well, were they still they've had a good season, but you know I don't think it'd have been a game you would have been surprised if you know if they'd have dropped points you wouldn't have left gone you know Christ you know that was a, a terrible point to drop you know they were they were doing okay, um, but oh, Big Eddie's just been he's been outstanding this season, um, you know a couple of times in Europe maybe you've not get as much out of him as, as you'd have hoped for, but I think overall he he takes it for me as well. Um, Foster, you're right. Foster should be in that list. Um, Foster should probably be on that list ahead of um, ahead of Christie. That's really the only one I would have I would have swapped him out for. Um, I think Forrest has, has been times this season where he's pulled us out a hole. I think Aye. Brown and Mariega are so consistent. So I think the only one out that list of five you could swap for for, uh, for Foster would would be Christie. Um, but even Christie's then, just been finish. unlucky as well. He's injury. Aye. So he's he'd kept injury free in that form going through the beginning of the season. God knows how many goals he'd be sitting on and assists and now that's... Okay, so, young player of the year. So your shortlist for this was Frimps, Jeremy Frimpong, Eddie again, Christopher Ayer and Mikey Johnston. Who are you taking? I I mean, if Edward's winning the overall player of the year, then he's he's obviously going to have to take the young player. But if Eddie was not in that list... Uh, young Frimpong for me. I'm actually I'm going to pick Frimpong outright, mate. I, I agree with you, but I'm, I'm actually taking taking Frimpong out, outright. Um, Just for his, his age, take that into consideration, how good he's been when he's come in, he, make, he gives us a whole new energy down that side. And again, he's only had maybe one or two dodgy ish games, a wee bit ropey. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for the young young player that he is coming into a squad, a dominant, established side, and having to compete with big big Ilhamid, 
for a space on the right side and Ayer as well, like he, he could easily play it right back instead of him and he has done it on a couple of occasions, but I don't think we've looked down and he was good. Mm-hmm. But what a what a player he is, man, what a find. I, I totally agree with you, mate. I think the only time I ever seen him look ropey was we played Motherwell at home in November. Uh, and it was just that, you know, a, a couple of wee instances I, I thought he was a wee bit off a pace. But when you think about, you know, he's 19 year old, I think he's only just recently turned 19. Aye, that's um, you. know, and, and it's it's just ridiculous how much sort of we've, we've got with him in that time. I think when you look at the signing of El Hamed, I think Lennon knew what he was getting with El Hamed because I think El Hamed's only made a couple of hundred appearances in his career. And he's pushing Aye. 30, you know, he's 28, 29, I think, or 27 maybe. Um, so... I think it's it's one of the ones where he's obviously signed, um, you know, he's he's obviously signed El Hamed with the intention of him being his starting fullback, but thought to himself he's obviously going to need a, you know, a reliable a reliable backup. Um, so when he's brought in Bauer, I think Bauer's the move that you know is, is the one that's going to is going to be the backup to to El Hamed. But obviously Frimpong's just took that, took that spot clean off him. I think I genuinely forgot about Bauer there. And you go, that's. I mean, he's, he's it's hard for the guy, you know. He's not had a he's not had a run of five or ten games, you know, to sort of yeah. establish himself. I thought he looked good when he came off the bench at Ibrox, but there's been a couple of games subsequent to that where I thought he's been quite quite poor. I was at St Johnston a couple of months ago um, for the weeknight game, and he didn't look too hot then. Um, he was no. kind of trying to play everybody in the right the right wing himself that night. Um, so you know, it's he's, it's hard to judge a player and, and get an honest assessment of them, um, you know, when they don't get a, a run of games to sort of prove themselves. By the way, there's you know, that's that's no through any fault of his own. You know, that's just simply that that Frimpong's just been that, you know, that effective. He's just kept him at the team uh, entirely. You know, he's he's if, if El Hamed's not been fit, Frimpong's playing. Bye. So I I'm I'm picking I'm picking Frimpong uh, for a young player of the year, uh, and I guess I'm getting him an additional weighting because of his age. You know, it's it's ridiculous when you you think that big uh, the big Eddie's just turned twenty two. Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> But uh, I am I'm, I'm calling I'm calling Frimpong for for young player of the year. So the goal of the season um, is in Charms last minute winner away to Lazio. Um, a bit like the, the favourite Celtic player being Henrik Larsson, and you know who's your second favourite? I guess uh, we're going to have a, a second favourite goal of the season. So so what takes it for you? Uh, James Forrest against Athens with again a notable mention for Olivier and Jam against Partick. If it was no no, eighty fifth minute, and then Cham did that. Then it would be the winner. But that angle against Athens was frightening for Forrest man. Do we think as he knocked it by the guy, and then outside of the right foot, he's sprinting like smacking in a far away corner. Tackles, we man. You talking Athens? Athens, sorry. Really? Uh, Aik. It's two seasons ago, you rocket. No, it's in this year's. Uh, what do you call it? This year's list. Was it no? You've lost, it. You've lost it. You've lost it. We played Sarajevo, mm. Cal, you and Cluj this year in, in Champions League qualifiers. Hold on, hold the phone. Because I 100% looked up on the Celtics YouTube. Oh, AIK they? Stockholm. Stockholm, sorry. Aye, aye, aye. What am I talking aye, about? Aye. aye. You've lost it there, mate. Aye, aye that, was a that, was, that was a belter. That was a, good, actually, aye, that was a really aye. good performance, that away game, before one game. Aye. I watched that in the boozers and I, I remember kind of thinking, you know, 2 0 at home, you're thinking we're comfortable, but you never really know, aye, you know, they can sort of. That's the away goal as well, that's the first one. Yep. So that's a big nerve settler. Aye. That's your ticket. Um so I, I, I was a that was a cracker actually, wasn't it? Um I reckon I reckon Mikey Johnson away to Sarah Yevo's a doozer. 
That was a cat. Um, See, for me, that one, this, the spin that he does doesn't mean it. He gets bounced off three players. It's an accident. Just falls to him. And, but the strike, aye, strike's a doozer. Uh, McGregor against Motherwell. Mm-hmm. The volley. Outside aye, the box. That was another um, I reckon. I think I'll. I like Big Ayer away at Pataudry. That was a cracker. I think I think if ever we were going to drop points out with games against the Huns, that was probably the one would have done it. And it was just, you know, that last minute. Big man, is that, you know, McInnes called him a racehorse. He's done that, you know, earlier on this season against Motherwell. Exactly, almost exactly the same goal, except the finish was finish. was different. Um, so I reckon for me, my goal of the season's Big Ayer away at Pataudry. So calm as well. I mean, he just sat there and slaughtered. It's a centre back. That's frightening. So you're going Great for Athens, then, aye, and I'm going for. I'm going for aye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Athens, mate, aye. Boyata uh, was playing that night, wasn't he? Who? Big no, big, big Yata was the host, mate. Remember how he was sticking needles in his leg, kid, when he was injured? Aye, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm no well, no well. Uh-huh. Get shits, mate. I've not heard his name mentioned once since he left. You know that? Ah, uh, good. Um, Less <laughs> said about the better. Aye, uh, he just, he just sort. Of, he just sort of done his dirty, didn't he? And then and bust ah, off for a few quid. But then again, after all, ah, well. Everton in hindsight knows it could be different. You know what I mean? If you remember Big Moose doing the same thing, every turned on him, and then all of a sudden it turned out he was he was right in a cryptic seat. <laughs> so then, so we've got Big Eddie as a player of the year. Um, we need to have a, a conversation here because I've got Frimpong for a young player, and you've got Edward. You want to concede that one, or is Eddie doing a clean sweep? Uh, I'll let you ever say. I'm all for spreading the love here. I would, I'll give from Pong it. I don't think you have to give from Pong it. Just, you know, just an account of it. It's just such an unknown quantity. And, and again, what you got with him, it was a complete shock. A total surprise. Aye, couldn't believe it. Uh, goal of the season is obviously in Chamaway and Lazio because that was just the best moment of my life. And I can't believe I never went to that. Like, I was. I just Aye. started a job at the time. And I remember humming and hawing about it before it. And, you know, my dad went and. Obviously, everybody went. Basically, you know, um, I just started that job, and I just didn't want to, you know, to, to sort of be asking for time off straight away. And it's one of these things. In hindsight, you look at it now and just go, "Why did I not just do that?" You know. Ah, well, plenty of opportunity, mate. Let's say it. But I can't. I'm, I'm not as sick as the guy. I, I was actually in Rome uh, at the start of October, uh, and I was in a boozers watching the Cluj home game, um, and two guys walked in who had booked a trip to Rome. Because they thought that match day was when we played Lazio away, <sighs> and only one of them could make it back in November. So that guy's definitely ah, that's a, I mean, me. he's got a nice weekend in Rome, I suppose, but it would have been, been better to see the tick. So I guess the only the only other talking point then for for the player of the year awards really is you know marks out of ten for the manager. So I have given him a solid seven. Oof. That's low. You think? I think that's low, aye. Why, 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 why seven? So the justification behind it is losing at home against Rangers. Both games against Livingston this season, or two of the three games, sorry, against Livingston this season have been really disappointing because Livy are absolutely rotten. Uh, getting absolutely humped at home to Cluj was, was soul-destroying. And then the Copenhagen... It was oh my god, mate! Like that was that was a real bringing it back down to earth after how good we've been for the last god knows how long. 
Uh, that was they weren't just bad defeats; they were really bad. Those ones, anyway, not so much the Livingston defeats or defeat in a draw. Um, other than that, like it's been great. So I, I did a wee bit of the old uh, number crunching. I had a wee look back through. So we had four, we played forty-seven games in total this season, and only five of them have been that disappointing. So it's, it's not really that bad going. It's been good, and a couple of a couple of whiffs in the transfer market as well so far that brought that down just a wee bit. But seven out of ten for me, that's an A. So that's good. I, I don't I actually when you, when you can explain it a lot I guess you know you're no you're no about the backside off it I'm slightly different for you in the, in the sense that when I think about Celtic season and I look back on it Europe is just you know it's just kind of something that happened you know it's not really anything that um you know if we get if we get some merit it then it's a bonus for me but really it's just about domestic you know uh you know domestic performance and yes you're right Copenhagen was crushing but we have that one game every year. It feels like every year we have that game where you leave going, all right, you can get beat, but we just do it to ourselves. And, you know, Valencia were a right good team. You know, obviously they they done it, you know, they kind of played as half a park that night at home, right. you know. And even the year before that, again, Zenit away, you know. And we get the, we get the odd game I, in Europe, like Cluj at home, you know. But I just... Yeah, but you see, that's the, the difference is, but that Valencia side, excuse me, and that Zenit side are good. Copenhagen and Cluj are rotten. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't think Cluj are that bad, but I, I don't know if that was just my estimation of them. You know, that I thought they were they were better than I thought they were going to be. But Copenhagen, uh, I thought were. Well, they were there for honestly, the beat. Aberdeen gave them a good game. They looked to me like a good Hearts team. You know, they looked mm-hmm. to me as if they can add a couple of handy players and you know, yeah, but were mostly guys that were just there to sort of you know do, do a reasonable job and. Uh, we, we should have done it, but I don't really hold it against them. If I'm being honest with you, mate, I would give them an eight and a half. Um, and the reason for that is because I I just don't think you can you can falter a guy who's you know who's dropped points in what four games out of thirty. Like Do you know what I mean? Like what what we've sort of you know what eighty nine goals and we've conceded nineteen. You know what I mean? Like that's that's ludicrous. And even under you know Martin Ireland, that sort of apart from that twenty five consecutive wins in a row, you know you you rarely saw that kind of dominance. Although the competition then was a lot was a lot stronger. I'd, I'd argue. Um, I just, I just think that this season has been very strange in the sense that it's been sort of high highs and and, and really low lows. But overall, I think he's done an outstanding job. I think he's, you know, you're right to consider this transfer record, and it's not been great. Klamala and Sorrow in particular have been quite perplexing, and I'm not a hundred percent sold on Big Julian just yet. You know, I think he's a cracking big centre half, and he, he looks the part. But I've got some questions still about him physically. Doesn't he look as if he really knows how to? Throw his weight, you know, a bit, a wee bit yet. Um, but I think he's he's a he's a good enough signing. Um, I just, you know, I, I just I'll kind of hang fire for a, I declare him an absolute resolute succession. I mean, but I reckon overall his performance has been pretty good against a backdrop of, you know, the snake chucking it halfway through last season and, and disappearing uh, down to England for a coin, and you know, he's been left there effectively to take over a squad that quite easily could have, you know. Veered off track, and obviously with big personalities in that dressing room, the likes of your Brown and McGregor's that would have would have supported him. But I think he could have that could have went wrong, and uh, he's done well to sort of steady the ship, keep things moving forward, and of course that League Cup win as well, despite the fact that we pulled it completely out of thin air. I think you have to give him credit for that, you know. So he's been asked to come in and do a job. He's done it. You've got to say, mate. Apart from that, your know, couple of performances in Europe, he's done it perfectly. 
And Aye. I guess there's a question then, would you swap the Lazio away result to go through against Copenhagen? Because you could argue it's balanced out by the, the sort of high highs of, of beating Lazio away. A first ever a win in Italy. You know, you're right to say that, you know, it was a disappointing performance, but you have to give him credit where it's due as well, you know. Am I swapping this win for a draw or a loss? Celtic. I'd take a draw with Lazio. <laughs> you take a draw. So you'd swap it for a draw? I'd swap it for a draw. I think, I, I think that was a big result for us. We've not had many of them in Europe the past few years. Um, I would but it's effectively done nothing but it's not as if it galvanised his own to push through and, and that kind of... I don't know I mean, how many times have you found yourself with a cannon at midnight watching that goal <laughs> you know what I mean I, I can't well put it this way I can't scroll past it on Twitter no. watching the whole thing no, I think I've watched <laughs> it with about 50 different soundtracks by this point but right. that's you know that's, that's by the by I, I, I think he's had a good season um, I'm going to be I'm not saying he has not 7 out of 10 is a good, uh, a good score I just for me maybe a wee bit, a wee bit higher on that Okay, so, I mean, again, they're still fit body player, haven't they? So it's kind of hard, isn't it? It's, it's like you're getting these results out, but he could you know, lose six games in the drop and end up right. finishing. Right, yeah, close doors. Finishing second or something like that, so you, you don't... Oh, don't God's God's okay, so, um, next segment, Candy Corner. This is your weekly two-minute update on what's happening at the Rock Park. Um, so for those of you that don't know... Um, I go to, I'm a season ticket holder up at St Rocks, um, which were St Rocks juniors until 10 days ago, two weeks ago. Um, so the club's been elevating our centenary uh, this season and um, we've actually transitioned from being a junior football club into joining the new West of Scotland Bowling League. Um, so as of two weeks ago, we kind of applied for, you know, to, to membership of that and then... Um, and then that's it. We've joined the Lowland League now. So what that means for us is that we'll no longer be playing in the in the Championship in the West of Scotland Juniors. Um, and as of next season, we'll be playing Lowland League. So technically, that we could get a good Scottish Cup run at this. Fingers crossed, mate. Aye, the restructure has been pretty good for junior football. I think it's promising. It gives them a more concrete pathway into potentially full-time football, I guess, somewhere along the line. But aye, Cup runs in the immediate future. That'd be class. I think it's obviously it's a decision that's been taken predominantly to sort of you know the, you know I think the the Talbot games against Hearts and that have sort of whet the appetite for the bigger clubs in the junior game to you know to try and see if they can make their way into any sort of competitive competitive level which you know to be honest with you they might well do um, but I think for a lot of the clubs you know like for example see next season because nobody really knows how this is going to work what's happening is next season we're all just getting chucked into four leagues we don't even know if they're going to be seeded. We don't know if it's just going to be a lottery. We don't know if it's just going to be three teams for each league. And then they're going to sort of find out a system of promotion and relegation for there. So it's going to be a long season for some teams, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're sort of at the bottom of League Two at the minute, you know, you, you could be in for a for a long season, you know, just getting sort of scalped home and away um, off, off your Talbots and Hurlfords and that sort of stuff, you know? Um, so Rocks are not so bad in the Championship, sort of mid-table, you know, you're... You'll be expecting to, to lose some games, but you know there'll be other games that you're sort of, um, you know, you you reckon you'd be quite competitive in. But again, it just everyone's so up in the air at the minute. The leagues and the junior leagues were officially cancelled. Did you know that? I did. I saw that today. Aye. So they officially cancelled them, and and uh, they've declared the teams that were top champions based on average points. And for some bizarre reason, they've they've handed out a joint champions uh, in the championship to Darvo and Blantyre. Um, so they've done that because the points per match. Had a, had a difference of 0.04 and decided it was too close 
because I've handed it to trophies. So trophies are everybody, mate. I mean, you've won as well, and I've won as well, so... So that's it, I'll keep you updated every week, Candy Corners, just let you know what's happening. We've not had a game since Lanark away, 7th of March, but the less said about that, the better. Um, <laughs> and that'll do. So we'll move on to our last segment, which is on this day. As we speak, it is the 23rd of April, 2020. Do you know what happened on this day three years ago, Robert? Aye, I do. What happened? Today is the... Third, no, are we? I twenty seventeen third anniversary. anniversary. An anniversary of, of, an anniversary of Mr. Dembele's absolutely heinous first touch, according to our man Tom, and then the second touch on that ball forward was Cal McGregor just calmly, or the third touch I should say, Moose always the back him, just calmly slotting it in the faraway corner against Fordham to make it one 0 against Rangers in the semi final of the Scottish Cup. It was frightening. What a great. It's arguably the most satisfying net hitting noise, like a ball hitting the net. It's just so good. There must have been a mic right behind it. There's two things from you that stick out for that game. Um, The first being that uh, that net noise was outstanding. It was like a, it was like it slapped into the net. Um, And the second being the other one you touched on, which was the Rangers. That was that was prime. That was that was a height of Rangers TV commentary. Because I think that was just before he realised that he was becoming a a caricature. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that was one of the last times he got away with it just in amongst the Ranger supporters before folk picked up on the fact that this guy was just, you know, spouting absolute nonsense and getting paid up a, a <laughs> probably getting paid a few probably quid. A fortune, um so the teams that day. So as I say, twenty third of April, um it was Quite dominant, if, if I, you know, if I recall correctly, I was, I was at the game. Celtic started with your classic Invincibles team. It was Gordon and Goat, Lustig, Bayata, Semenovic, Tierney, Brown and McGregor in midfield. We Roberts, Armstrong, and Sinclair behind them, and Musa Dembele up front. But big Musa, if you remember, went off injured with a with a hammy. Hamstring. Yeah, his hammy after about half an hour. Of course, you're right. Within that time, he would he had uh, set up McGregor for his uh, first. Am I right in saying that he just came back for your hammy? About that time, if I, if I remember Aye, they rushed him back a wee bit, I thought. I, I seem to remember them. It was maybe should have made the bench, but they started them. Aye. Um, Rangers line up that day was Fotheringham and Goat, uh, Tavs, J Tavs, uh, Wilson, Bates, and Beerman. Remember Beerman? <laughs> I th- did he not sign like a five year deal with him or something like that after that? <laughs> Probably. Sim, Probably. I would sum him up on it, to be honest with you. I think he was, uh, I think he was up there with. The worst fullback on the left hand side of the defence. Oh. You know, I think that's you could safely say he was the worst on the left. Um, but I don't know if he was any worse Horrendous. than your captain on the other side. But midfield that day was uh, Hindman, Holt, and Halliday. Triple H. And uh, up front they had uh, in fact up front they had Joey Garner, uh, with Kenny Miller and Martin Waghorn. So it was quite the side. That's um, bold that they went with three up top, by the way. I don't know if they did. I think your I think your Miller and Waghorn were, were very deep. Um Maybe Garner playing up front himself. Remember he used to lick his lips and that after it up for Ariel Bosby, guys? Ah, weird, man. Strange character. Dickhead, man. Um, he got hooked, hooked at half-time. Did he, aye? Uh, Who replaced I'm him? I'm pretty sure he did. Did uh, he I did earlier on. I had a look at a quick... Who replaced him? The answer was Joe Dodo. Dodo, that's it. He uh, forced Gordon into a right good save. There you go. All I remember about that being Halliday, um, oh, aye, I was going to say all I remember about Rangers that day was was Halliday, apart from Beerman's tackle, was Halliday siphoning down 
Paddy Roberts about 10 minutes into the Aye. game uh, and get himself booked. Um, and say, I think did Celtic score? I nearly scored off, off the back yet. Um, Aye. But it nearly. was it was you know it was brutal. He was he was lucky you know to get you know to get sent off for it. Were you at the game? No, I watched it in the horse and barge in Dalmuir and Momonda shrugging that. Ah uh, yeah, I was at the game. I was fortunate enough to be there, and it was a uh, it was a lovely day. But it was. I remember uh, after it leaving and thinking we play them again at Ibrox next week, and we'll come to that at some point in the near future. Um, next that, week. That's, that's uh, going to be a, a different a different game. Um, but I think I think that game, you know, it's always difficult in the cup games. You know, if you remember the season after it, they drew us in the cup and they were in a bit of form, and and that was the one with the, the video of them in the. Celebrating, they were celebrating. Yeah, man. Class, man. Absolutely class. It's, it's you know, but I can, <laughs> in some respects, I can even though we're obviously well ahead of them in the league, you can sort of see why in a one-off cup game. I mean, they done it to us a couple of seasons before. You know, they they beat us two each, uh, scalped us Aye. two each that day, and you absolutely. can kind of see why they you know they, they sort of would have got up for it at that point there. But again, it was just that Invincibles team are just sort of, and obviously it was Prime Sinclair as well. You know, it was it was a Sinclair that was just. Couldn't stop him for scoring if you if you wanted to, you know. Um, so oh. it was just one of the games. I think it just sort of if they were ever going to do is that season, if they were going to beat us that season, it would have been it would have been that game and a one off, you know, at Hamden, half a crowd, and again they just they got they got nothing for him. Halliday got hooked at half time as well. Did he? Aye. Aye. Was he shouting at the gaffer this time? Oh, it was Pedro, wasn't it? Aye, that was Pedro's first loss in charge of Rangers, I believe. Where did he take over? Did it was he was he there before the break or was he? I don't know. Again, I might have misread that now. I've just said that because it was his first game against us. But I'm pretty sure it said it was his first loss. It, it could well anyway. be, aye. Because I remember, remember Warburton left and then didn't he leave. Aye. Um, so it may well be that he's uh, he's took her at some point halfway through the season. Aye. Well, there you go. Aye, that was it. On this day three years ago, Mister Dembele had an awful first touch. Callum McGregor slapped the net. Oh, Tom McCormick I've got a good, uh, I've got a good random stat for that game. Why? In the first half, Celtic did not concede a single foul. Has been lost the match? So good. No. Uh, nah. We must have seen for the match some of that. Aye, probably. Been that scored anyway. To be honest, you know how much of a difference with it? No, probably not, mate. To be honest. Right, we call this. I've got a random, I've got a random non-select stat from this day as well. That's not really a stat; it's just a point of interest. Okay, go on. Seventeen years ago, the day, do you know what happened? Manchester United versus Real Madrid. Was that Ronaldo? John Celtic? O'Shea, nutmeg, Luis Figo. <laughs> was that the most? Was That's... that the most telling thing about that game? I. I no, definitely not. I think I think the guy called El, El, El Phenomenal turned up. <laughs> uh, Clapped half a part, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did, aye. Quite right. Wasn't he bad? Quite right, mate. He wasn't bad. Right, I'm going to scratch. Are we calling this? We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. Wagging my Rocket League. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what an end. Right, we'll be back next week. No, I started. You finish it. Uh, We'll be back next week, but until then, send your jingles to Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> Rebelradio at gmail.com. Actually, send your jingles to that address. I've also got a Twitter account as well, which we probably should have plugged. Um, we're just going to punch stuff up on SoundCloud and send it out. And if you just like listening to them, listen to them. If you don't, subscribe to our SoundCloud. Just don't, ladies. 
that's fine. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, uh, and we'll see you next week. Catch you later. Play the jingle, Rab. Da, 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 da.